Yo everybody It's nice to be finally doing this again This is AJ the millennial optimist I've been away for few months now mainly because of work and a lot of other related personal issues but I'm planning to start again this is the season 2 you can call it and I plan to do it on a regular basis now The idea for Millennial Optimist came to me when there was a lot of negativity around me and in the world and I wanted to be a small ray of hope in between all this. Since my last episode in February, a lot of things have changed in the world. There has been a fully fledged war going on and nobody is able to do anything about it. There have been famines fires floods all across the world and our constant companion for the last 2 years mr covid is still here stronger than ever not to mention some new items or new diseases that have come up during the last few months amidst all this i have to be honest it has been a difficult time for me too to spread some kind of positivity I had to feel positive myself which was not happening but now I'm looking to change all that and I'm looking at life with a fresh new perspective for that I have to thank somebody before that in this new year of 2022 I had mainly set myself two goals one was to launch and sustain millennial optimist second was to have a healthy reading habit even though i failed on the first one the second one has been going pretty well so far the latest book i read was the greatness died by the one and only robin sharma now this book have actually opened my eyes to a lot of things so first of all before i start anything try and read this book because it was a really good eye opener for me and this book gave me the motivation to start millennial optimist again now this new season i want to be blunt and to the point as much as possible i know i haven't had a lot of listeners but those who have listened the few numbers that is there which i could see from the stats i'm happy for you guys listening to it and i hope there'll be an option to communicate with you better in the future in this time i'm also saying that i've already launched an instagram page for the billionaire optimist you can reach out to me there and i'll hope to share more content in the coming days with that i'm going to start this new episode and hopefully a range of new wonderful happy and positive news for you guys to listen to so that you guys can have a better day and a life ahead cheers to all of you tuning in thank you and keep listening for the first news of this episode let's travel to the land of the pyramids in cairo egypt the world's first net zero residential city 
is being planned and the name is NextGen. It will be the first climate positive city which will produce more energy and food that it consumes. Now this city is the brainchild of URB which is the leading developer of sustainable cities which is headquartered in Dubai Design District. Now NextGen in Cairo will be spread over a sprawling 5.8 million square meter area. It has been designed to provide food, water, security, energy while also creating a green economy and promoting ecotourism. They will provide around 9000 housing units to cater to a population of 35,000 residents. This project will become the main focus for main uh, for many green tech industries such as food tech, energy tech, waste tech and water tech and hence create a circular green economy for the city. Now why would the city be a unique destination for visitors too? There are plans for ecotourism, medical tourism, retail, edutainment and leisure facilities which will maintain the city next gen to be a probable one of a kind destination for future tourists. Now next zero cities will provide food, energy and water which has become a necessity in all across the world. This should act and function as a solution for social, economic and environmental challenges for the future. And this should hopefully be the first of many cities that will try and become net zero. Now here are some of the features of NextGen. There are solar powered atmospheric water generators which produce clean drinking water from the air. And it's a 100% walkable city with tracks for running, cycling and equestrian. There is an eco-reserve, nature reserve and leisure facilities to maintain that sense of... There are eco-resorts, nature reserve and leisure facilities to promote ecotourism. There will be a wellness center and clinics for medical tourism and also state-of-the-art educational facilities which will be a great addition to people who want to live and move there. Now NextGen also aims to provide food security. NextGen also aims to be a destination which provides food security which affects one in four of the world's population. Hopefully this new ecotourism destination and many more in the future will provide a basis for cities to become net zero NextGen being one of the early pioneers in this field should become a benchmark for all cities looking to follow. Hopefully I get to visit and probably spend a few days in the city in my future. Solar energy has been something we have been receiving throughout the lifetime of the earth and it is one of the most sustainable energy sources but sometimes very expensive too. One of the main limitations was it could that energy can be harnessed only on those regions where the sun's rays were falling. Would you believe it that it's time we can generate nighttime solar energy? Every day the earth sub absorbs the sun's rays. But at night this solar energy is radiated back into space as infrared light. 
This is what scientists are trying and have succeeded in capturing so that we have a major powerful source of energy when the sun is not shining. A few Australian scientists have created this new method of producing electricity from dissipating infrared light. They have invented a semiconductor device called a thermoradiative diode which is composed of material used in night vision goggles. The whole idea is to understand how much thermal radiation is happening at night but in the infrared wavelength. Now this radiation is used to generate electricity. Hence solar energy can be harnessed throughout the day and night. Since there is this flow of energy from the earth back into space, any flow of energy can be converted into one or different forms. The thermoradiative diode is used to generate electricity by emitting this infrared light into a colder environment. The temperature difference in this case is what is used to generate electricity. Now since it's a breakthrough innovation, the power generated by this device is still 100,000 times less than the output of a solar panel. But this would pave way for much better thermoradiative devices in the future. The dream of solar power at night could help in a major way for our energy crisis across the world. Now, let me give you my tip of this week. Have you guys ever thought what people were eating like 50 years ago? And how does an average grocery basket look like today as compared to 50 years ago? It might be loaded with nutritious food right now with avocados, quinoa and tofus and all other superfoods I would say. But earlier 50 years ago, it might have been canned foods probably. The beans, the corn, those kind of stuff. So what do you think will happen 50 years from now? With the current unsustainable methods of farming and the climate change worsening more than ever, many of the things that we rely on today will be more expensive and very less likely to be accessible by 2050. So maybe those coffee that comes into your tart or that beautiful wine that you pick out for the weekend or avocados and bananas, all this could not, no longer be available by the time we reach 2050. So here is my two cents on it. I'm going to list down a few things that are going to be on the rise from now till 2050. Seaweed, algae, beans, nuts, legumes, cereals, wild grains, the controversial lab-grown meat, false bananas, which is already a staple in Ethiopia. And I'm not too sure about the next one, but insects, because they tend to be a very strong source of protein and heat resistant coffee these are few of the items that will be on the rise and probably be filling your grocery cart while you're shopping 
in your eco-friendly Walmart or Target in 2050. Now there are two ways to think of Either you can reduce your dependencies on such products that will be difficult to access by that time or if you have got the entrepreneurial mind you can start creating these products sustainably so that you will be there when people need it. See, I am giving business tips now. Anyway, cheers. <laughs> so guys, according to the United Nations Environment Program, construction worth has been responsible for over 38% of the global energy related carbon emissions in 2015. Meanwhile, the largest single industry emitter of carbon dioxide in the world is the production of cement. So, in contrast, wood sequesters carbon dioxide, binding it from the atmosphere and storing it for good. This is the whole idea behind the creation of Sweden's innovative wooden skyscraper, which captures as much carbon as 10,000 forests. The 75-meter-high Sara Cultural Center is a 20-story wooden structure in the streets of Skellefte, a city in Sweden, which opened its doors last September. And is a welcome addition This skyscraper opened its doors last September and has been the talk of the town. This structure is almost fully made of timber and it looks magnificent. It is built from over 12,000 cubic meters of wood, which is harvested from forests around 60 kilometers from the town. The Sara Cultural Center is the second tallest wooden tower in the world. And the people behind it claim that it will capture 9 million kilograms of carbon dioxide throughout its lifetime. The sustainability factor to this building does not end there. It also boasts solar panels capable of powering the edifice and storing the excess energy in the basement. Now using an artificial intelligence system, designers say the cultural center can communicate with nearby structures and distribute the surplus energy as and when required. Basically, the building itself will learn its own energy needs and will be able to dissipate this energy to nearby structures who will be needing it at any point of time. For the city of Skellefte, this does not feel like a new addition in their landscape. They are very close to forests and, and wooden buildings is a common sight in the city. But just imagine if this can be adopted across multiple places. Moving to wood will reduce the impact of cement production across the world. And of course, I understand there is a shortage of trees. But of course, for every new challenge, there will be a new solution. So hopefully this idea can be implemented to places and areas where there is availability of wood in a much higher 
range. The target for zero emission travel. This has been something many companies across the world have been striving for decades to achieve. And to an extent, it has happened in the automobile sector and lot of companies are improving their methods in creating zero emission vehicles. But here is a news that came from the water body. Yes, a zero emission hydrogen powered ferry is coming to the region of San Francisco. This ferry is fully propelled by the hydrogen fuel cells and it's going to be the first of its kind to be used for public transport. The name of this ferry is Sea Change. This was built at the All-American Marine Shipyard in Bellingham, Washington and tested by the US Coast Guard. It's a 70-foot long vessel which will make several service trips having at least 75 passengers at a time. Since in the previous years we have seen the introduction of clean energy for trucks, cars, trains and luxury boats, but passenger ferry is first of its kind. Hydrogen fuel cells are considered one of the best clean energy options. They emit only heat and water. But still, the cell systems are big in size and the cost is also high. So these two challenges have to be addressed in the near future. The ferry is powered by three hydrogen fuel cell stacks that propel the system. It can navigate a speed of up to 20 knots and it is automated using a digital touchscreen which initiates communication with the engine. Now these kind of ferries will be clean, efficient and economically on scale. Sea travel is one of the biggest contributors of logistics travel across the world. Just imagine if such innovations can be applied to almost all the sea travel options that we have. This new hydrogen powered sea ferry will be a major addition to the milestone in creating net zero travel overseas and probably in air also. What is going to be the term that I'm going to introduce to you guys for this episode? Net zero. What is net zero? I'm pretty sure most of you guys listening would know this, but then again, this is for those people who don't. The term net zero means achieving a balance between the carbon emitted into the atmosphere and the carbon removed from it. This balance will happen when the amount of carbon we add to the atmosphere is no more than the amount removed. Net zero is a target of completely negating the amount of greenhouse gases produced by human activity to be achieved by reducing emissions and implementing methods of absorbing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Global net emissions of carbon dioxide will need to fall to net zero by 2015. What this means is the amount of carbon that we produce by 2050 should be negated by carbon absorbing procedures by the same year. Hence there won't be any more added pressure on the environment that we live in. Achieving net zero is one of the goals that is highly important in the fight against climate change. So tell me, what do you think is the most 
and profitable and sustainable net zero practice a single person can do. So guys, on to the last news for this time. Earlier in the show, I had mentioned the probable chances of us having lesser bananas as we move ahead in time. Now I'm going to give you a news that shows how important products like banana can be in the fight for a better future. So scientists have apparently found a way to instantly extract biofuel from banana peel. So they tried sapping banana peels with using a powerful lamp and apparently they found that they could instantly obtain renewable energy. They have discovered a new method of extracting hydrogen that could significantly boost the supplies from biomass. Bananas are not the only thing that this can be used for. It is possible with corn tops, coffee beans and coconut shells. Now according to the EU's hydrogen policy, renewable hydrogen can be made from biomass plant and animal matter provided certain sustainability criteria are met. One of the major concern with biomass is the amount of CO2 it produces. But a team of Swiss based scientists have figured out that all of the products from their photothermal technique can be captured making it economical and climate safe. There are currently two ways of chemically converting biomass using heat gasification and pyrolysis. Gasification blasts the material to temperatures of 1000 degrees centigrade, converting it to syngas which is a mix of hydrogen, methane, carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide which is used as a biofuel. They leave behind a residue of carbon known as charcoal or biochar. The second method pyrolysis decomposes the biomass at a lower temperature of 400 to 800 degrees centigrade in containers without oxygen. But this is a very cost specific process because we need specific reactors that can handle high temperatures and pressures. Now comes a new simpler method in the form of a photopyrolysis using a xenon lamp. The lamp emits a bright white light and once this powerful flashlight is shot at a biomass it can trigger reactions and we can obtain the gas we need. Firstly, the banana peels must be dried at around 100 degrees centigrade for 24 hours, then ground and seeped to a fine powder before being placed in a stainless steel reactor. So each kilogram of dried biomass is apparently able to generate around 100 liters of hydrogen and 330 gram of biochar. Now the splitting of natural biomass into gas and charcoal is a smart, rapid and eco-friendly solution to hydrogen production. The residue charcoal can be used to improve plant health or can be used as a carbon capture strategy. Now this method also needs to be scaled up and hopefully we can apply it to industrial ways such as tires. It could even pave the way for solar photopyrolysis which uses sun's energy to be more sustainable. Just imagine if all this can be used for most of the food waste that is being produced across the world. So people have come to the end of this episode. I thank you for being part of my journey 
and i thank you for the motivation that i get from doing these episodes i'll be back next time with another few wonderful stories so that i can put a smile on your faces wherever you are listening from i hope you have the best day and week going forward until next time this is the millennial optimist aj signing off ciao Thank you.